Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you as we gather together as Bridgewater family and friends. And we're finishing up this great series on prayer called Keep Knocking. We're also concluding our challenge on the 21-day intimacy with God. Remember, 721 is seven minutes a day that we spend with God and His Word. We're looking for two insights and then one application to take with us throughout the day. More than anything, God wants us to connect with him, and that's why prayer is so important. I think Pastor Francis Chan really captured the essence of prayer when he simply said, my love for prayer was an answer to prayer. Do you love to pray? Are you learning how to do that? Together, we have tackled what it means to pray hopefully, pray gratefully, and pray persistently. But today I want to talk about what it means to pray authentically. I think a lot of people pray. In fact, I don't know that I've come across too many people who don't have a prayer life or pray in a crisis. But what does it really mean to pray with authenticity? I love the definition of the word authentic. It means not false or copied, genuine, real, and trustworthy. I am an Antiques Roadshow fan. I like to see when people bring things in and they uncover the details about various Uh, artifacts, let's call them. One day I was watching the Antiques Roadshow and it caught my attention because a young woman brought in the print that you see on the screen. As she was talking to the appraiser and uh, the the man that was uh, uh, the expert, she had described how this was a, a picture that had been on her grandmother's wall for years. And then when she passed, the family gave it to her because she remembered it with fondness. They had had it appraised and somebody said, oh, it's worth two or $300. It's just a print. But then as she took it apart, she thought, you know, maybe it's more than that. She took it to the Antiques Roadshow show where she was told it was by Henry F. Farney, And I think this is interesting for us. He started in Warren, Pennsylvania in 1853, but by 1859, Farney had moved to Cincinnati and became a part of the Cincinnati Art Club. He became very well known for his relationship with Native Americans, and he would go out west and he would paint them. And this is when it got so interesting because the appraiser said, you don't have a print. This is authentic. This picture is actually from Farney. And it is valued at between 200 
and $300,000. Wow. That, that just was exciting. I'm always looking still for my $200,000 great find in a junk shop, an antique store, or a thrift store. Hasn't happened yet. But what I do know is this. As excited as I got when I heard that story about the print was authentic, especially pastoring in the Cincinnati area, more than that, I am excited to talk about today what it means to pray authentically. So if you're ready to get started, we're going to dive into a story that Jesus told and find three insights that I think are going to change the way that we look at prayer. So let's begin in Luke 18, verse 9. Jesus said, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Now, can I just stop there for a moment? Here's the first insight. I know we haven't gotten very far. But the insight that I want to share first to prepare us is pray authentically and with honest sobriety. Now, this is a spoiler alert. Jesus is going to share a story about prayer. But before he does, we need to realize that the reason Jesus shares the parable is because he is tired of people with fake religious fervor. He's tired of people who pray and don't really mean it. So he attempts to teach people how to pray in a way that's acceptable to God. Did you even know that? That there is a way that is acceptable to God when we pray. And what Jesus wants to really tackle here is the struggle that people have with pride and being self-righteous. God isn't just listening to what we say when we pray. God is listening to the very heart of our prayers. Jesus immediately is making this point. Pray authentically and with honest sobriety. Now, isn't that an interesting word that I chose to talk about sobriety? Most of us know what it means to be sober. We think about uh, someone who perhaps has a drinking problem. But in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, the apostle Paul said, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself, now here it comes, with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. The phrase sober judgment really means to pray or to be in your right mind, to think clearly and to think honestly, we need to be in our right mind. When I was a young pastor, there was a woman who called me on a Sunday afternoon and she asked me to come to her house to pray with her brother. I didn't know what to expect, but when I got there, two things surprised me. One, he was completely drunk. He was inebriated. He was laying on a bed. In a, in a side room from the front door. But the other thing that surprised me was he had a gun in his hand. And his sister stopped me at the doors. I saw this scene unfold, and she said, I just need you to pray with my brother. Well, smart or not, I went in, and the first thing I did was took the gun from him. I asked permission. He gave it willingly. 
And I gave it to his sister and I said, you need to put this somewhere that's safe. But then I spent the next hour praying with a man who, and I, I say this with great love, he wasn't in his right mind. He wasn't sober in his thinking. And today, I really want you and I to realize that I think we get in our own way too often when we're trying to connect with God. We're not thinking clearly these days with sober thoughts. We, we try to be fake, something we're really not. Think about it. Everybody wants to look younger. Younger people want to look older. And then think about how we're, we, we live in a world where when somebody makes a mistake, commits a sin, immediately somebody gets their phone out and videotapes it and puts it on the uh, social media for everyone to see. You see, we're always trying to get this one up because we ourselves feel inadequate. God isn't interested in what we're not. God cares about who we are, and I love this. God cares about who he wants us to become. He knows all about us. And Jesus celebrates sober honesty when we pray. He wants us to pray with authenticity. This is why Jesus is telling the story. Back in that day, in that culture, Jesus knew that people weren't authentic. They were prideful, self-righteous. And Jesus is explaining to his disciples, he's talking to us right now. This isn't how to pray in a way that we're trying to convince ourselves and God that we are something we are not. God sees the heart. He knows us. And that's why Jesus now launches into this parable. In Luke 18, 10 through 13, Jesus tells this story. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. The next insight that Jesus gives to us, he says, basically pray authentically and admit our inadequacy. Now, it's, 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 it's ironic, isn't it? God already knows where we're, we're at. God already can understand who we really are. He sees us as we are. And yet, we come to God in, in a sense that we try to be someone we're not. That's why he tells the story. It's interesting. Literally, Jesus is talking first about a self-righteous, prideful Pharisee. Now, think about this. The Pharisee was supposed to be pious in his walk with God. A Pharisee was a teacher of the Jewish law. A Pharisee was supposed to be an example anywhere he went at any time. Jesus calls out the attitude of the Pharisee. Three times a day he would pray at 9, 12, and 3. 
And no matter where he was, he would stop and pray so other people could see him. Here's something else a pious Jew would do. Jesus refers to this, he would fast. Now, fasting is essential in our walk with God. That's something that all of us should take on as a spiritual discipline, seasons or days, meals where we give up food in order to pray and become completely focused on God. But what Jesus was saying about the Pharisee was he was fasting, and he did it in such a way that they would whiten their face, they would rumple their clothes, go out into public so that people would say, oh, there's a Pharisee, he's fasting. But if that wasn't enough, the Pharisee would brag about tithing, something else that God believes in. Everyone should tithe and give 10% uh, off the gross income to the storehouse, to the ministry where they are a part of. But the Pharisee would go around telling everybody that he did tithe how much he gave. Jesus clearly is indicating that is not the way to pray, and God gets tired of it. Everyone listening to Jesus accepted the lifestyle of the Pharisee. The crowd thought that the prayer of the Pharisee in this story would be more acceptable. In fact, People became uh, willing to accept a prayer like what the Pharisees said. Do you remember it? God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector standing beside me. Now, remember, this is a story. It's a parable. Jesus has added someone else as a contrast. He's talking about the tax collector. Everyone knew in that day that tax collectors were usually corrupt. They were allowed by the Roman government to take more than what was actually due to make their own living. Such a man was a social outcast. His only safe place to pray would have been in the shadows, but Jesus says the tax collector comes and prays at the temple beside the Pharisee. And as he prays, he simply says this, Oh God, please have mercy on me, a sinner. Do you realize what he was actually saying? I'm not worthy. I shouldn't even be asking for grace and forgiveness and mercy. I know I'm a sinner. But the tax collector was saying, I need forgiveness. I need you, God. Have you read or heard Romans 3.23? Let me share what I think is an impactful part of the verse that the apostle Paul writes. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I can remember years ago when we were doing a baptismal service, and I have always asked people before they're baptized to share a brief insight as to why he or she, the candidate, would be excited to be baptized. I'll never forget a young woman who literally took out her journal and she had 
written a love note to God. And in that love note, she literally made a list and read out loud her sins. Wow. It was humbling. Jesus sees all our sins. Not one person that's listening to this message is better than another. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God already knows our sins. He's asking us, keep knocking. Pray authentically. Please admit your inadequacy. That's what God says to me. Bring it all to me. Let's work on it. I want to forgive you. I want to set you free. In fact, right now, I would imagine someone is listening to this message and you're thinking, what I've done, God cannot forgive. That is a lie from Satan. It keeps you from actually praying with authentic, true admission. Tell him. Tell him already he knows. Put it out there. Confess your sins. Repent and let God's grace and mercy cover you in every step that you take with God. God not only knows our sins, but he wants us to come to him in prayer just the way we are. It's not what we've done in the past. It's how we come to God in prayer today that matters most. And that leads us to the last part of the story, Luke 18, 14. Now Jesus wraps up this simple but life-changing story. He says, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Here's our third insight. Pray authentically with a heart of humility. I, I can't even begin to tell you today what it means to really be humble. Here's what I do know. Jesus makes this a simple truth for us to wrap our minds around. The Pharisee came with pride. He was prideful and judgmental. And immediately that exempted his prayers from being heard by God. Don't ever think that God must listen to us when we pray. God, God wants to listen to us. He waits for us to pray. But literally, Jesus said, the Pharisee who came, came with a sense of self-righteousness. But it was the tax collector in his humility, honesty, inadequacy, sobriety, it was the tax collector that God heard and gave forgiveness and freedom. Isn't that exciting? If we'll just humble ourselves before God, God wants to lift us up. He wants to raise us up out of the situation that we're in. And Jesus tells us that when we pray with a heart of genuine humility, no matter what sin we've committed, God is willing to forgive us. It, th this story made me think of an Old Testament story about King David, which was true. 
David had sinned. He had an affair with Bathsheba. Later in his walk with God, after he had confessed and created such a mess, he wrote Psalm 51. And I, I am choosing to read it today, verses 7 through 17, from the message. It gives it a very real, authentic, and different feel. And, and I want you to, to just listen to what David writes he says to God, he prays to God, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Scrub me and I'll have a snow white life. Tune me into foot tapping songs. Set these once broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, Make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week, a new week for, from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your way so the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence. God, my salvation, God. And I'll sing anthems to your life-giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God. I'll let loose with your praise. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart-shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. What about you and me? Are you and I ready to pray authentically with a heart of humility? Are you and I ready to pray authentically and admit our inadequacy? Will you join me in praying authentically with honest sobriety? I was thinking of a, an old hymn this week. I used to sing it when I was younger, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. I really want us to connect right now before I pray. I really want you to know you're loved. I want you to hear me when I say this. There isn't any sin you've committed before, now, a habit you have that you can't seem to break, an addiction that seems to be overwhelming, a relationship that's broken, lies that have been told, struggles that you've had. There isn't anything that God won't forgive if we come to him and pray authentically. And that's what we're going to do right now. Can we just bow our heads? Maybe you want to be like that young woman I had the privilege of baptizing years ago who read her list of sins. You don't need to broadcast it to everybody. Just tell God. Confess your sins, and he is faithful and just. And God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right now, I want you to know the hope of God's grace. That's why Jesus told the story. It's not about pride. 
It's not about being fake. Jesus wants us just to be real in the presence of God. Tell him our sins and ask for his help and watch what God can do. Let's pray together. Jesus, I am amazed by the story. This parable is more than a story about praying to God. This is about praying with authenticity. And God, we're joining together right now this morning and we're in this quiet prayer room setting. We want you to hear our cries. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that there are struggles that I have in my thoughts. I'm not a perfect pastor. I'm definitely not a perfect husband or father or man. But God, we come today, all of us, sinners in need of the love and the grace of our Heavenly Father. So God, right now, you know our sins. You know our shortcomings, our failures. Forgive us. Right now, just help us to have a clean heart. Wash the slate clean. Wash us so that we would be whiter than snow. And then unbutton our lips, God, and help us to give you all the praise. May this be a genesis, a new day. May your mercies be new this day. And may our lives truly be transformed. You're an amazing God. And we believe that in our humility, which is hard for us to, to even admit, but in humility, we strive to come to you and say, have mercy on us, O God. And we believe you hear us and will answer this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, friends, will you reach out to Pastor Liz? Will you tell her that you prayed that prayer? Maybe you even want to share with her privately how she can pray with you. And let our online pastor help support you. And just know that God loves you. And you and I need to begin to love ourselves as God sees us and what we can be. I love you. And I'm so thankful for this series, Keep Knocking. Will you keep knocking? 721, at least seven minutes a day, finding two insights in God's word, and then finding a, a way to take one application and apply it and watch how God honors your faithfulness. I love you. Keep knocking. Don't give up. Keep praying. And until we see each other again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.